Welcome to the Band of Brothers podcast. The current series we are engaged in is entitled The Man's Guide to Spiritual Disciplines. We're being led by Milton Redeker, the men's coordinator, Renee Rivera, and Eric Reed, the men's minister and married young adult minister at Houston's First Baptist Church. We also want to let you know about the men's retreat coming up in October 2nd and 3rd at Camp Choye entitled Unleashed. We'll be led by Pastor Greg, Steve Knox, our college catalyst, and Eric Reed, the men's minister. We hope to see you there, and we hope that this podcast is a blessing to you. Have a great day. Try not to bang me. <laughs> Leave it there. It'll be a good fight. Good shape. Right there. You know, 25 bucks. Is it already going? Yeah. We can edit it out. Maybe I'll go Do all of y'all know that Eric broke his collarbone? Oh, that's painful, too. Yeah, and you, there's nothing you can do for that except All you can do is pump yourself with painkillers and just relax at home for two weeks, you know? Yeah. I was talking to him, I said, nothing wrong with painkillers as long as you're home, you know, because it takes away the pain, and it makes you relax. It makes you be able to not to, because that's very painful up there. I remember my, I bruised my tailbone when yeah. I was young, and that was so painful, I'd cry. I mean, just by laying down or sitting down. Nothing you can do for so that bad. either. No, it, it, <laughs> it hurt, and it went on for like a month. You know, your collarbone is kind of in a floating Area there. And how you can stop the slicks because when you lay down, you put the pressure on your back. Very mobile right there. Yeah. But Eric's down there in meeting with some guys now about the retreat. <laughs> I called him yesterday and he acted like he was a little bit out of it. Well, I didn't yeah. call him back. Well, if he's on Pingo, at least let him function. Yeah. You I'm know what I'm saying? Not. But he's not going to go to the retreat, is he? I don't know. He, now, he told me he wasn't. I don't think so. To. I think Don Mutton's going to take his place. Oh, okay. Who is Don Mutton, our singles minister. Oh, okay. He's going to take yeah. Eric's place in the presentation. His last name is? Munton. M-U-N-T-O-N. Oh, Greg Don Munton. Greg's going to do the first session, and Steve Knight's going to do the second. I was telling him I wish I could go, but the problem is, see, the problem I have with the church functions a lot of us on the weekends, and it's almost impossible to get off weekends out of work. It's almost impossible. So it's like, you know, I get one week in a year, I took off for October for a family union we've gone to for 12 years, my wife's side, good luck, Texas. And I have to get ticked out, I had to give a three, four month advance notice for that. So it's just, you know, and all these church, church functions happen. It's we've got a waiting list now. We've had to close okay. off registration. So we gathered up 12 guys from my Sunday school class. Hallelujah. I would Man, love that'd be awesome. Wow. I love they've gone to that, though. Oh, something what an awesome happen. experience. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people in my church class going to my, my class, the class I think Kevin. Did any of y'all get my email I sent today? I did. No, okay. I didn't. Your email came back. Yeah. Why I had asked for the, uh, you know. Uh, what is your email? Notes. What is your email? It's it's KFW. KFW. Is what the word is, is KFW is at like I am at uh, Yahoo. No, it's uh, SBC Global. Yeah, I had SBC Global. Dot net. I have an email address too, one that you can use because I don't have a, one yet, but my wife has one with me on it, so I can give you that one. Okay, tell Mine's me your name again. Huh? Your name again is Mark. It's Mark Warren with a C. Yeah. M A R C W A R E N at Embark Meal 
M-A-I-L dot com. Mark Yeah, E-M-B-A-R-K, I mean Q, excuse me. Dot mail. Uh, embark mail dot. Those dot com. I mailed you one today, but it wasn't in Mark Mail. No, it was I always use Mark One Yahoo, but I don't. I, I did that since a long time ago. I can't remember the password or anything on it, so it's like I haven't used it since a long time. That the one I made up for myself. That KFWIS. I don't think I know that wasn't where I mailed yours to. I remember it's SBCGlobal.net, but it wasn't. Yeah, what was the email about? What? It was just brief. Be sure and bring a Bible tonight. Uh, what I had asked about the. We don't have PowerPoint tonight because Renee's got all that stuff with him and his bosses in town tonight, so we're just going to do it like a regular old classroom tonight. With Renee, Renee's with Renee tonight. His uh, boss is in town, so he's having a meeting with him tonight. The boss of the church? No, his boss for his John. business. Oh, oh, global. Oh. I think he's with Global. global. A lot of people so let's pray for Eric tonight before we begin our session, or as we begin our session, and uh, pray for our men's retreat coming Friday and Saturday. And I'd like for us to pray for our, uh, our choir. I just came from a music leadership team meeting and uh, given us all kinds of information that is going to be so exciting. I'll just go ahead and tell you this. Uh, John Boland shared with us that you know you probably know that we're making a recording. The uh, Christmas orchestra is making a recording of ten songs, and then the choir is recording the Christmas music, 23rd and 24th of October. The whole staff has come on board with that and said, since you're doing that, let's make 20,000 copies. Maybe it's more than that and send one to every home in our zip code before Thanksgiving. Wow. So it's going to be on in their mailboxes the week before Thanksgiving, or the week of Thanksgiving, and we're not making the presentation until December 11th. Think what that will do. That's just 25,000 homes. Think of how many people that's going to cover. If they'll listen to that, hopefully, and there's going to be a presentation or invitation in that packaging, inviting them to the presentation. Uh, they're going to kind of um, take out the addresses of church members already that's in those areas they're shipping out oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, because yeah, yeah. yeah cool. That sounds right. My wife will probably tell me that tonight. On top of that, for those who come to the presentation, there's going to be an offer that you can buy ten copies of the CD for ten bucks as long as you give them to a prospect. Isn't that awesome? That is. That is awesome. I wonder who came up with that. I mean, they, they must have, you know. John Bolin, cool. our minister of music. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. And I know and the music's going to be awesome. My wife's been practicing it every, it's just like, she's practicing a lot. Yeah. Aren't they, they're charging for tickets to the Christmas? 12 bucks and 10 bucks. Yeah. 10 bucks, to, we just got the seating chart tonight. Now, uh, is it going to be different from last year's? Come in, come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember when I went to last year, it was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think last year we had to pay for last year. How you doing? Tell me your name now. Frank. Frank. All right, Frank. Did you That's get my email? Did again? Um, when? Today. You probably just came straight here from work, didn't you? I did. Okay. When did it go out? 
this afternoon, about 2 o'clock. So we've got Frank and Mark and Blake and Kevin here tonight. And we're missing Renee, who's with his boss, and Eric Reed, who has a broken collarbone. Yes. So, yes. And Eric's not making the retreat. Is Blake the only one here besides myself that's going to the retreat? You're going? I think John Larson is. I don't know where he is. Yeah, where is John? I don't know. I know I saw him. I saw him at the cafeteria. I know I saw him. So he has to. It's weird. He's usually here on time. He may have gone bowling. There's a group that started bowling on Wednesday night. There it comes right now. Here comes John Larson. Come in, Big John. I know he's going to the retreat. We're talking about. Don't you know that? You got here just in time to leave some prayer. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're <laughs> recording right there, so be yeah, careful. Can you? Um, can you? Yeah. I'll change it. We're not doing PowerPoint tonight anyway. So there you go. Thanks. Hey, this finally turned out to be a good group. We're getting ready to have prayer for our choir and the Christmas presentation and the recording of the CD and DVD. And Eric, who has a broken collarbone, and the men's retreat coming up Friday and Saturday. Blake, would you lead us in that prayer, please, sir? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together in the fellowship with brothers. And we pray for our, our, our hurt brother, Eric, and his collarbone injuries. We pray that he'll heal fast and return to your service as soon as possible. We pray for the choir and their endeavor that it will bring thousands of prospects to, to, to your church here. We pray that you'll, you'll fill our minds with your wisdom tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, men, tonight we're talking about worship. What is worship? Anybody, what is worship? Uh, I would say worship is, what's the outline? I would say um, paying respects to someone that's above you. Would you say respect for the Lord? Oh, yeah. Or God? Yes. Okay, anybody else? Give him praise and thanks. Praise and thanks. Expressing adoration. Adoration, yes. What is adoration? Does that mean praise and thanks? Um, Adoration is a word that comes from adore. I adore him. I adore you, God. I adore your music. I adore you for who you are. I adore you for creation. I adore you for making me in your image. Adoration. Anything else? Men's worship, right? Yes. <laughs> Anything else? It's also praising God for His mercy and love and grace. Let's just put mercy, love, and grace. Anything else? Worship is also a relationship. A relationship with our Creator. With all those in mind, and as you look at those, I've listed those as you outlined them. 
Can you think of a time in your life when you really did worship? Anybody have a special experience they remember? Are you worshiping God? Yes. Uh, I would say yes. Um, for me, it was probably the scariest time of my life was when I was in ICU for five days, a year and a half ago. No one, I was praying to God every single night just to, you know, making sure you know, my kids would be okay because they couldn't, they didn't know what was wrong with me. And then when I was released and, you know, I was being taken out, my wife picked me up, you know, and they told my wife, they said, you know, usually people don't leave this place, you know, they are scared. I washed up a lot that first night, just praying them that, thank them for getting me through those rough nights when I was scared and couldn't sleep every night because I was just so scared and all was going on and stuff. I would say it's probably the strongest worship I had with God. Good. Good. Mark? Yes, John. Good worship will also include asking for directions. For direction? His guidance. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else have a personal experience of worship? When I was first saved, when I would come to the worship service here, I was just feeling so overwhelmed with gratitude that I could hardly, you know, every song, every word in every song was so powerful and I could, I could hardly make it through a song without tears. Amen. Good. Way to go, Blake. Anybody else? Well, Kevin? Um, went all my life um, reciting prayers. Doing the rosary? Yeah, or doing rosary. Standing in the evening setting? You yeah. got it. Yeah. And, you know, it was fine. It was okay. It was fine, you know. And um, it was at a friend's house. This is, again, when I was just like on the edge to come over to really come to Jesus. So, at any rate, I we prayed in, in, at home. And for the first time in my life, adult or child, I actually felt God's presence. I knew he was there. I mean, hey, I man. knew him. It, it was it was crazy. I mean, it was like I jumped up. I I, 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 um, I just I, I knew that God was there and that it was real and that, and I would say maybe three weeks, two weeks after that, I right. presented myself. I would imagine those of us in this room that have uh, children, when we were present at their birth and the doctor hands you that child that you helped create, I was in the room when all of my children were born, so I saw them come out of the womb. And to see all fingers and toes there and to see that little life breathing and was the flesh of my flesh and the bone of my bone, I cried every time. And that was a worship experience to me, to say, thank you, God, for this child that you've given me. Uh, <clears throat> something that might be funny to you, but as I look back on it, whenever I was growing up, grew up on a farm in Oklahoma, and uh, we were six miles out of the country from town and we would always sing going into town four boys in the car 
And my brothers would always put their hands over their ears when I began singing it. Because I, I could not match tone. I was just a monotone. It was just a straight line. And they'd always put their hands over their ears and say, Dad, make him stop. Make him stop. <laughs> but when I got saved, God put a song in my heart and a song in my voice. And to make a long story short, I've sung all my life since I was saved. Ever since that salvation experience, God put that song in my heart and made it easy for me to match tones and to sing. Consequently, I've sung all over the world in my few short years. So that, to me, was that is worship. Yes, John? Um, the reason why I asked that one of the worship was um, doing directions and stuff was because back many years ago, um, I asked the Lord wanted me to be as I was walking down to the post office. And I literally saw two two couches, and for some reason I just knew wherever I saw those couches, that's where he wanted me to be. And when I came down here July of 87 to visit my brother, those couches were in his apartment. Amen. Yes. All right. So that was kind of a worship experience for me, I guess. Let me just tell all of you, and you can write this down. The Hebrew word for worship means this. It means to bow down or to prostrate yourself. Not prostate prostrate. Everybody always gets those words wrong. To bow down or to prostrate yourself. I don't know if you've ever had the experience when you were seeking the Lord about something that you were so taken with what you wanted God to do and you were so humbled by the experience that you laid down prostrate on the floor with your nose or your face in the floor seeking God about what he wanted you to do or to be. I don't know whether that's ever happened to you or not. One time in my life, I was reading the word of God, seeking his guidance, seeking his will about a matter that was of great importance to me. And I had the scripture before me and I was crying so hard I couldn't see what I was attempting to read. So I laid that scripture down, that Bible down, on the floor, open to what I wanted to read. And I began weeping and I, uncontrollably into that word of God. And when I got up and could look and see what it was that God wanted me to see, you all know this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding and all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Isn't that amazing? That's never happened to me before or since. I was 13 years old when that happened. And I went to summer camp that summer and the head of the foreign mission board, a guy named Baker James Coffin, was our speaker. He came to eat lunch with us that day and he wrote in my Bible. I didn't know what he was writing. And he wrote in my Bible and enclosed my Bible and handed it back to me. And when I opened it that night to go before we went to bed, it was that verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. The word worship means to bow down or to prostrate yourself. And every one of us have had experiences of worship. Why should we worship? 
Let's talk about that for a moment. Why? Why should we worship? God is worthy of our worship. Amen. He's worthy. He wants us to do it. He wants us to. He wants you to. He seeks you. Let's put it that. He seeks you. What else? Because we need him. We need God. Anything else? It's possible to receive It's possible to receive blessings Blessings to receive blessings. But that's not the reason to do it either. But when we seek Him, He does bless us. Exactly. It's probably um, to get guidance. Guidance, um, exactly. Guidance with your life. Do you remember when you were a child, if you, even Kevin can probably relate to this one, even growing up in the Catholic church. Do you remember the little scripture verse? Be ye kind one to another. Do you remember that? We need to worship because we need to learn how to be kind. And we learn that when we come to church or when we read the scriptures. It helps us to be kind when we worship. And another one, and you'll all relate to this one, when we worship, and we know we're worshiping, worship helps us to feel Loved. Loved. To be to learn how to love our fellow man, to learn how to love God more. I love that song, More of You. I've had it all, but I want more of you, God. I want more of you. So we should worship for many reasons. We've listed seven. We've all learned that little scripture verse, love one another. God is love. These are so simple, but that's what helps us worship. And I don't know whether music helps you worship or not, but most people would say, well, worship is preaching and singing. But worship is a personal value. It is a personal relationship with the Lord. We can, all, we can be with thousands of people around us, or we can be by ourselves, and we can worship at any one of those circumstances. What's the largest crowd you've ever been in when you've worshipped? Uh, worship. Uh, the church. In the church? Yeah, this church? Yeah, this church. Tens of thousands in Newsboys concert. Newsboys? Yeah, I would say that. I went to that Astrodome one day when they had the Astrodome, that big KSBJ concert. That's the biggest crowd. <laughs> Have you ever been at a, to a Gaither concert? No, but I'd like to. What about Bill Gothard Seminar? Bill Gothard Seminar, when there's thousands. Is that, is that considered worship? Sure, you worship. Some of the best times of worship I ever had was at a Bill Gothard Seminar. When he gets to the end of the seminar, the very last day, he does all those chalk talks with the, all yes. the black lights on it. Yes. Worship. Well, let me tell it. 
let's talk about three. There are three kinds of men who worship. Three kinds of men. When we come to worship, every one of us would probably fall in one of these categories. The first one is a hurting man. Hurting man. H-U-R-T-I-N-G. Hurting. Have you ever come to the worship service and been hurting? And no one knew it but you? Not even your family? Not even your spouse? Not even your children? Not even your best friend? But you were hurting. And you were sitting in a worship service. And you were hurting because of a situation or circumstance in your life of which you had no control. There are consequences that we all suffer when we're hurting. And we don't get that hurt met. If you ever come hurting and gone away and didn't get any medicine to quit make the hurting stop, that's happened to every one of us in our life. So there's a hurting people Everyone comes to worship hurting at some point in time in their life. There is the, the hollow man. H-O-L-L-O-W. Hollow man. This would be a man whose life is pointless and meaningless. We could say, well, he's probably an unsaved man. Feels nothing. Feels nothing. Telepathic. Hardened by the world. Hardened by his circumstances in life. The hollow man. I would venture to say that most men who go to prison are hollow men. And they've lashed out at society because they've been hollow. They're probably hurting, didn't get the hurt met by scripture or by a someone who cared. So they're probably hurting men, they're hollow men. The third kind of man is a happy man. Happy man. And I would put all of you guys in that category. He has something to give to life. Every one of you in here has something to give to life. And just think for a moment, what do you have to give to life? What do you have to give to life? You're a happy man. Well, you can, first of all, in your life, you know, you don't know just by talking, being saved, and how many other souls you saved, even though you didn't know you saved them. You know, I mean, just being happy and even though we're not being happy I'm just saying that in that category you know in your lifetime just by talking to people and helping with their problems and talking even about Christ you might not bring them to the church but you really don't know how many people you might have saved in your lifetime anybody else sometimes it's really more living living your life the way it should Going to God's way is more of a witness to other people than just talking outside. You don't talk and that's how sometimes. Don't you just love to meet people who are always smiling? I give the staff here a hard time walking up and down these halls, and sometimes they'll look like they've got something really on their mind. I ran to Greg one day, and he looked like he had something on his mind, and he was his brow was all wrinkled and furled, and he was kind of frowning. And, Pastor Greg, smile. It makes people wonder what you've been up to. He started laughing. He said, I don't know where that came from, but he said, I needed that. <laughs> A happy man. Happy.
happy man has the right answers, has not all the answers, but has the answer to be happy, don't we? If you have the love of Jesus in your heart and your life, you will be happy. Not all the time, because there are mountains and valleys for everybody in our life. So I would ask you today, and I would say to all of you, you are happy men. You may be hurting about something in your life, but you're happy. But you're certainly not hollow. A hollow man has nothing to live for, nothing to gain by smiling and being happy. Well, how do you pursue the discipline? We're talking about the, the 12 habits, the 12 disciplines of a spiritual man. How do you pursue worship? How do you pursue worship? I mean, first, you've got to work at it. <laughs> work at it? What else? Make it a priority. Priority, exactly. Consistent with it? Consistent? Good, John. When you make worship a priority, <clears throat> that means you come even when you don't feel like it to worship service. That also means your private worship at home when you would like to sleep instead of reading your daily Bible readings or reading God's Word or even when you're sick at home you can still worship you can still do those private times can you think of anything else of what it means to pursue worship so you got to believe in it believe it, good Mark Anything else? By, um, by being a doer of the scripture, not just a reader. Like Be a doer? Yeah. Where do you get that in scripture? The, I can't think of the... the James one twenty two. Okay. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Right? Yes. Yeah. Be ye doers of the word. That wasn't said you have to do it also, but you beat me to it. Yeah, yeah. What was that you said? What was the scripture? James 1.22. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. I have a, something here. You, you may want to write this down. The soul's deepest hunger, the soul's deepest hunger is to worship its creator. That's why you see these documentaries on TV and you see these tribes that have never heard the gospel but they still worship they have that vacuum that's been placed into their soul to worship their creator the soul's deepest hunger is to worship its creator and <clears throat> here's the rest of it that's how a hurting man gets healed <laughs> isn't that neat that's how a hurting man gets healed that's how a hollow man receive satisfaction. And that is how a happy man stays happy. Isn't that neat? I'll say all that again. The soul's deepest hunger is to worship its creator. That's how a hurting man gets healed. That's how a hollow man receives satisfaction. 
That's how a happy man stays happy. <laughs> so I guess that list, which is implicit in what you read, is uh, desire. Desire? Good one, Frank. Desire. We'd make that number six here. Desire. The scripture says, He will bring you the desires of your heart if it's within His will. He will bring you the desires of your heart. That's found in Psalms. It's also in the New Testament. Over and over and over, He talks about it. you can have the desires of your heart as long as it lies up with what I have for you. Let me give you some more suggestions for pursuing worship. Number one, we can sing. We talked about that a little bit. We can sing. And I hope every one of you guys in here at least try to sing when we worship in the worship service. Singing is medicine to your soul. Did you know that? Even to the bones and marrow of your, your life. Singing is a medicine to your physical body. Number two, we can declare his worth. We can declare his worth. And we sing a song called, He is Worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive power and honor and glory. Number three, we can appear prayerfully before him with thankful hearts. We can appear prayerfully. That means show up. It doesn't mean for appearance sake means to show up. We can show up prayerfully before him with thankful hearts. Well, how do you do that? How do you show up with a thankful heart? Have you ever watched some, some of the people in the choir do this, but I've seen people out in the congregation hold their arms and their hands up? That's showing, that's prayerfully, showing prayerfully. You are worthy. Here's what I love to see when people hold their hands up. I like to see them do this, but I also like to see them do this because the posture of the way you do hold your hands, that means, Lord, fill my cup. Here I am. I'm yours when you hold your hands out and up. That means to show up prayerfully. Then number four, we can let great music turn our hearts and minds toward him. And that is the object of what the choir is up there for on Sunday morning, to assist John Bolin in helping the congregation turn their hearts away from what's been going on in their lives during the week. To turn our hearts, as James Dobson says, turn our hearts toward home, which is heaven. Turn our hearts toward home. Well, let me give you ten practical suggestions for a richer worship life. Here they are. Ten practical suggestions for a better worship life. Number one, preparation. Preparation. Think about what you're going to do when you worship. My wife has learned that whenever I get into, she calls it a trance. She said, when you're in a trance, I know to leave you alone. And I get into that mode, usually on Saturday, when I'm going to teach, I know I'm going to teach even like tonight, I get into a preparation mode Monday and Tuesday nights, especially Monday and Tuesday nights. 
I'm I'm in a I'm in a mode of thinking of what I'm going to say, how it's going to sound, and if it's going to glorify the Lord. And so preparation, we need to prepare our hearts and our lives for for worship. Number two, creation. Contemplate God's creation. God's creation is all around us. It, even the people that we meet with, whether it's in a Bible study, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in tens of thousands, whether it's at camp, whether it's at a men's retreat, think about God's creation. Boy, going to the retreat is going to, you guys, if you have been to Camp Choye, you are in for creation. The word, the very word Choye means land of tall timbers. It's a Kushada Indian term. And those pine trees are 70, 80, 90, 100 feet tall. <clears throat> Don't forget your flashlight because there's no lights down there, guys. Creation. Contemplate God's creation. Number three, the Bible. <laughs> well, how in the world do you get to worship when you just talk and say the Bible? That means to have a regular place to go. When I'm in my place of study, my wife doesn't bother me. She knows that when I get to that place in our house, no one bothers me. Not a telephone call, not a knock at the door, not a TV, not a, a computer, not anything else bothers me when I am in my place of study God's Word. Number four, prayer. Kevin mentioned about learned prayers and said prayers and spoken prayers. Those are good. But those are usually learned and memorized, what he's talking about. But really, prayer should, out of the issues of the heart, things that we're concerned about, things that bother us, things that make us worship, spontaneous prayer. I love spontaneous prayer. Many times I've in ministry, I've called on people to pray, and they said, oh, I, they just said, I'm sorry, I just don't pray in public. Duh! Don't pray in public. If you don't pray in public, how are you going to pray in private? They kind of go together. It's like a horse and carriage. God said, if you're not proud of me, then I'll be ashamed of you. So we need to pray. Number five, books. What good book are you reading right now? Are you reading a book? Blake, you look like you want to say something. Well, I just received that the rest of God, but I haven't started it yet. <laughs> Let me give you a book that's for these times we're living in right now, today. Anybody know David Jeremiah? The great preacher out in San Bernardino, California? One of my great, one of my authors, one of my favorite preachers, he's just come out with a new book, and I just started it today. How to Live in This Chaotic World. You will love it. How to Live in This Chaotic World. Because good books get hold of our thoughts that God uses to get our attention. David, Jeremiah, just like the prophet Jeremiah. Bible book, Jeremiah. David Jeremiah, How to Live in a Chaotic World. Now, some people use books instead of the Bible. 
man, they just go from one book to another looking for some worship experience that will help them get closer to the Lord. But if we'll use good books like David Jeremiah, Charles Stanley, and guys like that that they're putting out today, Max Lucado is another good one that I would point you to, God uses those books and those men to get our attention and draw us closer to him. Number six, music. Instant worship leads to instant renewal. <laughs> or an old term that's been tossed around for forever, rededication. And I had a man tell me one time, how can you rededicate something that hadn't been dedicated? Well, Charles Stanley has a term for it. It's called drifting. We all have tendencies to drift away from the Lord. But music leads us to an instant renewal away from the drifting and away from the backsliding, as we used to call it. Number seven, journaling. Journaling? Journaling. J-O-U-R-N-A-L-I-N-G. Journaling. That means just jot down your thoughts. Every day. Come home from work, Blake, and jot down your thoughts. Or if you got a, a recorder in your car like I keep one, you can record it and jot it down in the journal later. Or put it on your computer. My wife journals on the computer. She has a place, a folder in the computer where she journals every day. Number six, public worship. Are you doing vlogs on the internet too? Public worship. What? What moment did you say? Uh, this is number eight. Public worship. Public worship. Why should we go to public worship? I've had people say, well, I can worship out on the golf course. I can worship out there like fishing. Going to church is what public worship means? What? Going to church yeah. on Sundays like public yeah, worship? Yeah, public worship. I, I think it's real important because when you have more people to worship with, it, it, just, it just feels, I mean, it feels different from when you worship by yourself. It feels very powerful. Like when I go to church on Sundays, I go through a headache week. I go to church on Sunday to set the music gets me energized and then Greg's my service and then the Bible class before it's just I come out of church feeling like Superman yeah and yep. you know and I think public worship does that where you're public you're worshiping with a lot of the you know, the brothers and stuff which is just you know it's really good I've always told the guys that say well I don't need to go to worship service I can I can worship out on the golf course or I can worship out on the, out fishing on the lake and I say, I just have one thing to say to you about that. Have you ever won anybody of the Lord out on the lake or out on the golf course? Can't get the fish. Yeah. <laughs> is um, uh, helping with recording part of worship in a way? Oh, yeah. God gave me the skills. So. Because you're using the gifts God gave you. Exactly. Sure. That's what I do. When we use the gifts God's given us, whether it's one, two, ten, or whatever, that is a way of showing our appreciation back to the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Number nine, family worship. That means dedicate the whole day to his glory and praise, not just the worship service. We've gotten into a mode in this day and time, people think they've gone to the worship service and they worship all day. The whole day is set aside for worship. So we need family worship. And with all the work schedules we have today, a lot of people call Sunday fun day. Or I work six days a week, and, I'm, and so I'm just going to do something with my family. 
And I'll have to say, I've got a son that's guilty of that. My 39-year-old son talked to him today, and I said, well, what are your plans for the weekend? He says, oh, Dad, we're going camping again. And I wanted to say, when are you ever going to go to church? But I knew not to say that or the conversation would be over. But <laughs> there are people, even family members, that don't know what family worship is all about. Number 10, work. Work. Well, how in the world can you say that's worship? Akeem Olajuwon, you ever heard of that guy? Yeah. He, he has a work ethic, and he says his work helps him minister to the guys on the court because he said, the way I play ball is not dirty. I play ball to win games, but also play ball to show other guys that you got to work at it. And so to, to worship, that means we also have to work at it, don't we? It's not just something that comes naturally to us. The bottom line is this, guys. Work, write this down. Worship is a personal expression. Worship is a personal expression of being overwhelmed by God's goodness and greatness. And I hope that happens every Sunday when you come to public worship. But you can also be overwhelmed in your personal daily Bible readings. I use a little In Touch magazine that Charles Stanley puts out, and I am constantly overwhelmed how God uses the words in his that little daily devotional In Touch magazine. Overwhelms me every day with God's greatness and his goodness. Would you say that was the personal expression of being overwhelmed? By God's goodness and God's greatness. I want to close this session with asking you some questions. We've been asking questions all along, but these four questions relate to what we've been talking about here. Number one, are you a hurting man, a hollow man, or a happy man? We've already decided we're all happy men, right? Well, how does that affect our, our ability to worship? How does that affect our ability to worship? You come here happy, you go away happy. You come here for help, you get help, and you still go away happy. I never have left this place since I've been here that I didn't get something that helped me in my walk with the Lord. Whether it be a music, could have been an announcement. Somebody said, oh, we're going to do this and this and this. Man, I've just been waiting for that. I've just been waiting for that opportunity to come along. Number two, you brought your Bibles. I said bring your Bibles tonight. Look up Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's take a moment to look at that. and Mark, I'm going to ask you to read it as soon as you get it. Romans, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Read it for us. What does that tell you about worship as a lifestyle? As a lifestyle. Romans 12, 1 and 2. 2. Alright. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not conform to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Isn't that amazing? Does that not help you understand a little bit more? Worship what God expects out of us and worship. Present your bodies a what? A living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. That means you don't do some things that you want to do. You, you want to go somewhere on Sunday and not come to worship? That's not a living sacrifice. That's doing what we want to do. A living sacrifice. Number three of the ten practical suggestions we just mentioned, which would you most like to explore further? What was that? Of those ten suggestions I just had you write down about worship, which of those would you like to explore further? you have any ideas? I would say, I want to, I would say more the, the desire, but the consistency for me. Okay. You know, for me, it's you know, I love Sundays and Wednesdays, but then what happens is I get off track on the five other days, and I do the devotions. Not, you know, I got a yearly devotional Bible at work, and I'll do a lot of other things, and it's all of a sudden I'm going home, going, oh, I didn't even read my, I could have read four chapters of the Bible, and my biggest thing would be desire, but probably more of a stronger desire to be worshiping more than just twice a week. Amen. Good, Mark. Anybody else? something to us that catches our mind and our spirit and grips us and say, man, I want to see what he has to say about that. And in those books, if we get good authors, they always will point us back to the scripture. A good author, a good religious author will always point you back to the Bible and give you examples of scripture. Have you read any of John MacArthur's books? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah I've even used his study Bible. It's another book that helped me out a lot when I was a new believer. Um, it's, I know it's fictional, it's not like, but it's Left Behind series. Yes. Reading those books were amazing because it, it, Tim LaHaye. Yeah, Tim LaHaye and him. Yeah. That was an amazing series that got me thinking a lot. Going, wow, you know, this is pretty much the way it's going to happen. And it was amazing reading all the, all the books. <clears throat> Let me ask you something. If you can give me an example of something you can do today or tomorrow as an act of worship. Something you can do today or tomorrow as an act of worship. Mine would be, exactly, I told you this, yep. reading a daily devotional Bible okay. every day. Okay. Helping somebody with something they need help with. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay, I want, I want to close the session. I'm going to give you something here. Do you, everybody in here have access to a computer? Yeah. 
Okay, write this down. This website, this is very important. This website is www.maninthemirror, all together, man in the mirror, M-I-R-R-O-R, maninthemirror.org slash spiritual disciplines. And the slash is like this. Forward slash. It's like this. It's not like that. It's like this. That's a forward slash. A what? That one's a forward slash. Okay. The other one is a backslash. Yeah. Forward slash. You will get a free message regarding spiritual disciplines when you go to that. What was that for uh, the forward slash spiritual discipline? Spiritual disciplines. A lot of times you're just going to like Google man in the mirror and usually just pull that right up, wouldn't it? A lot of times. Yeah. It won't get you to this spiritual disciplines message though. Maninthemirror.org forward slash spiritual disciplines and you'll get a free message regarding what we've just talked about here. Well, I had 25 pages that I didn't get to share with you tonight. All scriptures on worship. And I would encourage you if you want a lot of scriptures, just go to Google. Type in scriptures for worship. Amazing. Scriptures for worship. I worshiped for the past week when I read through all of these scriptures. And you will do the same. Scriptures for worship. Just Google it. 28 pages I've got here. Let's depend for music. You said instant something leads to instant renewal. Okay. Number 10. Is that what it was? Number six. Number six. Music. Music. Instant worship leads to instant renewal. Instant renewal. Milton, I'll ask you, is this class, how long is this class going on for? We've got three, I think maybe four sessions. This is session okay. six, I think. All right. So I think the one across here ends today. It's the last day. So yeah. i got to figure out something to do between 7 and 8.30 and next week. I, I think we have uh, four more sessions. Mm-hmm. I think it ends... Uh, either the last week in October or the first week in November. Uh, I would encourage you, any of you guys come on Sunday night? I got to work too late. Have you been through Quest? All of you been through Quest? What's Quest? Quest for Authentic Manhood. It's good. You don't have... We're going to start... Well, don't don't write that down because I'm just going to say this is a continuation. I am doing a class starting the middle of October on Sunday nights in room 364 down at the other end of the hall 364 called The Great Adventures and it's 20 weeks long that's a great commitment and you can already register online The Great Adventure Dr. Lewis who wrote Quest for Authentic Manhood and Winning at Work at Home he wrote both of those and some of you have been through both of those this is the next step. What time Great adventure. Yeah, five thirty, I think. Five thirty to. Is it on already or it's coming? It's already in progress. Or? No, it no, doesn't start until the middle of October. October eleventh, right? I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. I know that that's going to be. Great. John's going to help me out on that. He doesn't know it yet. <laughs> he's doing all the CDs for it, so he's also going to be my point man, like he was when Quest. Yeah. Uh, Milton, yeah, it's too late on that. I'm already helping people out with a Oh, no. 
You um, really are, you teasing me. Um, I already have lesson seven right here. Let's get started with our lesson seven. Okay. Thank you for being here tonight. You've been a good group. Your participation, I appreciate very much. And don't forget to continue uh, lifting Eric up in prayer. Uh, he's going to have a long road. <laughs> How do you do it? It's going to be in a lot of pain. Yeah. Do you know how it happened? You know one of these little tricycle things that has two wheels and it only has one wheel in front and you have to do this to make it go? See y'all next week. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. One of the worst breaks you can have is a collarbone. What's your last name? See you next week, guys. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We would love to have you come in person. We meet Wednesday evenings from 6 to 7.30 at Houston's First Baptist Church. More information is on the web at houstonsfirst.org, houstonsfirst.org. Again, have a blessed day.